Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Combo Wombo podcast. I am Mr. Gimpy, and as always, next to me is Chipped Monk recovering from a sinus infection. How are you doing, Chip? I'm doing great. If I sound a little different, uh, that's just puberty kicking in finally. <laughs> yeah, it took long enough. I mean, I wasn't going to yeah. say anything from the past 27 pods, you know, but... I have the reverse yeah. Benjamin Button disease, dude, where I right. just keep getting older. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's apparent. I, I didn't want to, you know, just put it uh, out there. But yeah, we, we've all noticed. We've all we've all noticed. Uh, that movie Old uh, with M. Night Shyamalan came out a few weeks ago. And that, that is uh, these people are trapped on an island and every hour is another year of their life. Okay. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically what it's you're like dealing with. It's like my child started with as this. a baby, and now yeah. he's a grown man. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly that's exactly what happens. So, I mean, that's that's just your life in, in you know condensed in a movie form. So, you yeah. know, yeah, that's that's what it is, man. Oh, it's been a crazy. Like if we do this long week. enough, if you go from like the first pod to like you know the last pod, I yeah. feel like we'll fucking age up. There'll be some time travel esque experience there might be there might be he says uh i saw i fucking watch fast and furious nine uh, oh yeah everyone's looking old right <laughs> yeah everyone's looking old bro uh but you know not in a bad way it's just like a normal thing yeah, but everyone like, gets older yeah for me i i've checked out that franchise around like uh tokyo drift and oh. so from like going from like tokyo drift to now bro i'm like holy fuck i got old <laughs> like what happened? I was like, they're not old. I'm old. This five is, is the best one. I'm surprised you checked out. Five was amazing. Huh. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was just, uh, had nothing else better to do the other day. And I was sitting around with the heart on the table. We played, uh, we're playing Diablo 2. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, remaster. Yeah. The remaster, dude. So that's what we were getting up to. Uh, and the game fucking sucks, dude. Like all the design. Get out of here. Get out of here. It's one of the fucking like, best games of all time. How are you, yeah, you like, going to say that? Back in the day. Back in the day, bro, like trying to play it now with like modern sensibilities. I'm like, why do I have to fucking drag and drop like fucking potions onto my bar, bro? This is ridiculous. Like, get hotkey it, dude. You hold control and click it, and it goes right to your potion thing. That's on you, dude, for not knowing how to hotkey. Yeah, but you still have to like hit I control and then like hit a thing. Like, why not just put like two little fucking circles there and be like, hey, this is how many potions you have. We know this is a fucking antiquated system. Uh, like the limited inventory space. I think they turned up drops because right now it's like in the beta, I think. Seems about, uh, seems about the same. Seems about the same, honestly. I don't know. I feel like if you're in a party, like we're getting hella shit, uh, like more so than either one of us individually. Because gotcha. like when I played solo, it felt about right. But if you have like any amount of party, like everything just starts raining like pinatas, dude. <laughs> Fucking just destroyed yeah. shit and like candy's just popping everywhere. Yeah, uh, well, part part of Diablo two though is the item management though. That's part of it. It's it's designed that way. So it it and the game is so click heavy. It's like okay, you got to do this, this, this. Uh, AP APM is the name of the game in Diablo, man. And then I'm and gonna tell management. you this: uh, inventory management's not a fun game. <laughs> like it's a bad game design. Like I don't know. It's I feel like all you don't like it in Resident Evil now. either. Uh, Resident Evil has been doing it the same the, for the, like it, nine, since ninety five. Yeah, it adds to the horror element in Resident Evil where like you could find yourself like trying to manage like your bullets to health recovery stuff. We're in uh, Diablo. It's more about getting loot. And so Mm -hmm. it adds a horror element when I'm like trying to like get my potions over to my hot bar and fucking monsters come out of nowhere and start fucking me up. 
uh, and I'm a mage, so I'm like three hits because I put everything into energy instead of anything else, dude. Like, it's a uh, it's not a fun experience, dude. It's, it's, I, I would like say build like, problems, and you're not knowing the hotkey buttons. I don't know. I, I would recommend Path of Exiles. I feel like that's the uh, spiritual t- successor. Like, it's 100% like you can't go already. back. You can't go back. Like that's the thing. Like that game it was a good game, and it's a time and a place. And we just got bored of it, bro. Like, honestly, like we're like, we'd both been Diablo already too. Uh, and like, I can tell you I've been that game probably like three times and yeah. I never touched it after that. Okay. Uh, and now like going back to the remaster, like I'm like just still skipping through all the story. I'm like, I don't think I know the story to Diablo. I don't think I've ever sat here and listened to like any of this fucking dialogue. Like <laughs> I remember like East always to the East would joke about it, but like, yeah, I always played with like friends and stuff like through battle net. Uh, Right. That really hasn't changed. Like I'm still getting in. Like like the certain classes are locked out. Like my favorite class, the Necromancer's uh, locked out. No, you have to Is click. It... Uh, you have to click enable expansion characters because you can use the Necromancer. Right really? Away. Yeah. Fucked up, bro. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that there's a bunch. Everything in that game is like hidden behind some sort of tricky fucking menu. I spent... <laughs> it's one button that's <laughs> glowing, brother. <laughs> you just I, not... s- I spent 15 minutes trying to get the beta to install because uh, I haven't <laughs> ha- used BattleNet in forever okay uh, so people i was having like people on tech support with my boomer ass all the friends on discord i'm like i don't see a button to install this fucking game all i see is a purchase button and they're like bro it's right there front page like you can't fucking miss it like there's a little drop down you click an arrow boom beta you hit play uh and because it was a fresh install of BattleNet, i had to close out and restart it and then like it popped up but it like with the freshest cleanest install of BattleNet, it was like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, homie. Uh, so it took me like 15 minutes just to get the game to install because I'm so fucking old. Uh, but yeah, man, everything in that game's like did the best they could at the time. But I feel like there's better design philosophies now for the looter shooter type game. I've I've come to I, I think I have more of a of an appreciation and a nostalgic uh, streak to overlook a lot of the design decisions for games you know back then um like yeah it's, but it's they're not making that game in a bottle bro like update the shit make it better but make the games better you have you have the problem of alienating existing fans of it though like like that's why there's going to be a new deal there's going to be the diablo 4 this is just the release to appease the fans right now especially after blizzard's whole debacle of do you guys not have phones with diablo uh immortal, immortal? which also got delayed so i mean it's it, at least it's throwing the fans a bone i think uh some of the things it with is that a game, jagged like, shitty bone bro like at least they're not charging full price for it. like adding just adding like auto, auto collect for the for yeah, the uh, auto pickups dude was 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 nice actually no have it for all pickups have it like just be like give me shit that's better than the shit i have in my inventory uh transfer everything that isn't like uh better turn it into gold for me already what's like, the point of both- min maxing then at that point because the game's doing it for you you're, you're taking some some choice at least the have player. the option at least have the option or at least like give a prompt. Like when the game doesn't know what to do, be like, this might be better. You might want this. Uh, just give me a button that just says like, I'm a loot goblin. Make this easier for me. Like we both know what's going on here. I don't want to hit town portals, come back, collect a bunch of shit and like keep coming back. Like it's, it's stupid. I that's, think too, like it's not fun. It's torchlight when, you know, cause uh, as we've said before on the, I believe it was on the pod. Maybe it was just a personal conversation between us. But um, after Diablo 2, the devs branched off into two sects. Uh, half went to 
uh, formed the Runic Games, I believe that's what they're called, and uh, made Torchlight, the Torchlight series, which solved that issue by having your companion, your pet, uh, just be like a gopher, basically. So you would put all your items on the pet, and they, the pet would go to town, buy shit for you, sell shit for you, come back, and then help, and then continue in the dungeons. You you I rarely had to had to leave the dungeons in Torchlight. Uh, I, I didn't play Path of Exile. Uh, how did they handle item management? I don't remember. I played that game for like a couple of days, and then like I realized nobody actually wanted to play Path of Exile together uh, because like like we all wanted to play Path of Exile, but just not in a group for some reason. It's just like because the <laughs> level disparity uh, where people are like, "Oh, I'm not going to roll a new character," or like if you all roll a new character and like one person starts getting ahead, like it's impossible to catch up. Uh, okay, it's harder for high level players to come into low level areas. Like, there's, there's okay. some is, like the game. Like, if you get to the end game and like everybody's like hanging out, I think that's when you start to play. But then you have to play, you know, like forty hours to get to the point where like you can play with your buddies uh, and have fun. And sure. that wasn't fun for me, so I got through like you know ten hours of it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good, dude. So you played Path of Exile for ten hours, and you're recommending that over Diablo two right now? Yeah, absolutely. It just takes all the design philosophy. It just, it feels better. It plays better. It allows you to, uh, like all the, like, I mean, you know, and then there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the game came out years later, took all the design philosophies and improved upon them. I'm just saying like, steal some of that shit back. Like take some of those like good ideas and bring them back into the old game to make it fun to do that for a remaster though. You're going to get that in a sequel. Like Diablo 3's item management was much better than Diablo 2. And with Diablo 3 being generally regarded by hardcore fans as being trash, I think it did have some some improvements upon the the general gameplay. That could have uh, been for like other reasons too, like the fucking auction house, the way they handled updates, the expansion, uh the palette. The yeah. palette was very colorful, very not Diablo, but no, they but, made it colorful and then because everyone complained they muted the shit out of all the colors. So then they got the <laughs> The worst of both worlds. You had like assets that weren't designed to be like in like a desaturated fucking hellscape. Uh, it was supposed to be like more colorful. Like, just make it colorful. Fuck, fuck what the yeah. fans are saying, dude. Yeah. Like, if if you already have gone that far and you've like made all of your game and like these like this color palette, these assets, like, or at least give people the option to like fucking turn it back to uh, the artistic vision for the group, the design group. And that's what they did in Diablo 2 Remastered, where you can hit, like, I think, like, the G key or something. You can look at it. OG. Fucking, yep. And it looks fucking ha- horrible. It looks like a shit out of nightmares, dude. Man, it does, every, bro. Like, look at that are, game, bro. I'm, look back at that. Fuck you, dude. Look back <laughs> at, like, how shitty that game looks by today's standards, dude. Like, especially compared to, like, the remastered. Like, every early, like, three, 3D or, or 2D game is, is going to look worse just from yeah. resolution quality and scaling and stuff. It's it's, it's it's there. But you can still see see what they were going for, though. That game looked well. bad when it came out, dude. That's how I, that's how old I am. I remember people were like, "This game kind of looks like trash," but whatever. There's nothing else quite like it. Yeah, uh, and we enjoyed it because that's all we had. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I remember make- uh, around that time. Time. Uh, do you remember the game Knox? It was a, a EA game. Well, EA published it. It was an action RPG that had like. That uh, where you were a wizard, and it had like crazy ass multiplayer modes. You could play CTF with like your your character, and, and think the multiplayer was so unique there. And the spells were 
the spells were very active and stuff, so it it was like a top-down fucking action game almost, like with RPG elements. Nice. Uh, Nox was great, and it never had a sequel, so shout out to, to Nox. It's, uh, I think it's free on EA Origin, or it was at least. I feel like this is, we gotta get big enough where we can start buying up these old IPs and making them remastered. They're doing it. That's, that's the plan. That's the plan. So so Diablo was just, is that all you all you did this, this week, pretty much, for I mean, the I games? Some of that. I played uh, Apex. I played some Splitgate. Uh, yeah, not much new there. I, again, like uh, I was playing with hard on the table. These a lot of these games, uh, yep. and like we played like a few hours of Splitgate, and like my buddy was, you know, he was like, "I think I'm done with Splitgate," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like shallow. Is, it's very shallow, but like it's fun. It's fun for what it is. It, yeah, it's I, if they could figure out how to get that game down to like half the size, it would be like the perfect like pick up and play type of game." Uh, but it's like 11 gigs uh, install and like there's nothing yeah there's nothing in that game where you're like why is this 11 gigs dude no i mean games games are about that anyway that's actually pretty on the smaller side compared to most games yeah, right now but like you don't really see like i don't know like for me i'm like i'm about uh just like the basic like uh compression making the quality of life like a lot of those textures and stuff i'm like i don't see how like you allow this game to balloon up to this big with what's in it uh mm. and that's me personally like I, I don't know what they're doing on the back end i don't think they're probably reusing they're probably doing like the same shit halo did where they're not reusing assets they just keep like dumping shit in there instead of pulling from like a pool and then like populating the world with that because that's hard to do it takes time uh or you can just like drag and drop and be like all right we're done this is a good game no halo pulls from a pool um now like, the but like halo no, it- oh, yeah i'm talking <laughs> No, it did. It did. You are misinformed. I, I, um, I don't know. I looked in the directory, the, the way the game was structured for the files, like every level had like every asset in it. So it, no, Halo 2 specifically. Well, I'll, I'll have to look, but I know for, well, just because from Halo 1, you know, for a fact, let me uh, pause for one moment here. Uh, sun came down. So one sec here. <clears throat> Okay, yeah. sorry about that, everybody. We're back. Um, my my son came down and and interrupted. So um, let me just derail for a little bit and just point out my kids are fucking raptors, dude. Uh, <laughs> my <laughs> kid to learn. My kid grabbed a butter knife from the utensil drawer, grabbed it, and I and I typically will lock the basement when I'm when I'm recording this. And my wife's upstairs, you know. And they'll she 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 went to the other room to do something else. My son goes, "Well, let's go visit dad." So he goes up to the kitchen, grabs a butter knife unlocks the the door from the outside because it's just one of the you know twist locks comes downstairs and then i'm like i'm looking to myself how the hell did he get down here i go upstairs i look there's there's the evidence on the ground it's like the murder weapon from the oj case you know <laughs> it all comes together you're looking at it, you're like a son of a gun yeah exactly they're smart exactly <laughs> so yeah yeah no it's, it's pretty ridiculous but yeah with, with split gate um and halo b i yeah, I think you know, I'm not going to cry about like file size all that much. Like you're saying. Right. Right. I, dev- I found out I had like Call of Duty still fucking installed in my hard drive. And I haven't uh, played that game since it came out, dude. Like yeah. uh, Black Ops. Yeah. Yeah. So, gotcha. you know, so I installed that. Right and then there. I, yeah. It was like, <laughs> I was like, fuck, I must be taking up something in this terabyte hard drive. Uh, and then I was like, oh, okay, now I have like 150 gigs free. Like, this is nice. Uh, so Call of Duty installs the 4K textures even if you're not going to use them. So that's one of the things where I think that developers – Rainbow Six Siege has an option. Do you want to use 4K textures or do you want to just use like standard 
HD ones, like the 1080 textures. And I think that's a, it's a really, and that game came out, it's pretty old now, but I think that's a really good thing to go with because if you want to save on file size and you don't care about it, especially with like DLSS and things like that, that will AI upscale. I think you can get away with having just 1080 textures just for fast-paced games and a space-saving thing. Sure, it's going to look better if you use the native ones, but I think that's an option that devs should yeah. should look into just as an especially option. Like, yeah, especially for like these pick-up-and-play-with-your-friend games yeah. uh, where it's like, hey, I just want this on my computer to play if my buddies are on. I don't play this competitively or all the time, you know, <laughs> like, so... Yeah, it, it's yeah, one of those things where, like, I'll probably leave it installed. I don't know how much more uh, mileage I'll get out of Splitgate. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, so, for me, man, uh, I played a little bit of the Diablo um, open beta. Um, I've actually had a just kind of busy family weekend, so I haven't really yeah. played... I haven't really played many games. Uh, there's going to be a race between myself... Uh, my buddies, Sir Solace and Sir Trike, pretty soon here um, to determine the king of games. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, yeah. we, we used to uh, race in retro games. Uh, we've raced in like the Sonic series uh, between Sir Solace and I. We've raced in uh, the new like Deadpool fan-made game using Ninja Gaiden NES as a base with uh, Sir Trike. And um, it's always very competitive. And we haven't done it in a while, especially since I, I stopped doing uh, retro streams. But we're uh, they were talking to me and going, hey, we should do this again. These were fun. So uh, my my buddy Sir Solace has been going through the Mega Man series as a whole. Uh, one through, you know, working his way up to 11. And, uh, and we're talking base Mega Man. He's not, he's not tackling X yet. But uh, he's been enjoying it. And we were kind of talking in a text chain. And uh, he, he's, he was asking about Mega Man and base. And I, I was like that. I remember that being like the worst experience. And he's like, "No, you're you're crazy. That game was great. You should play through it again." And then it turned into, you know, I, blah blah blah. I could beat it faster than you. I was like, "Bullshit." All right. So, so there's a there's a challenge. I coming. also remember Mega Man and Base uh, game being fucking terrible. <laughs> I, I think it was because they had introduced Zero at that point, so like it didn't have the movements of Mega Man. It didn't have. I don't think he has a charge blaster. Uh, uh base. Yeah. Base, uh he could shoot in eight directions. He has a double yeah. jump and a dash. Base actually has a lot of a lot of movement options. I just don't remember him being that strong until you get upgrades. So it's like the uh, first half of that game really fucking drags until you power up. So, so base, it's easier that game. Mega Man is pretty weak. And and, and we'll, 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 when we yeah, do I mean, the race, I'll uh, directions like this a game changer. I think I told you this uh boomer moment for me when I was playing Cave Story. And I thought you could only shoot uh, straight. Yeah. So, like, I played the entire game like that, where, like, you can't, I didn't shoot at any angles other than straight, like an OG Mega Man. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, the comes apart where, like, this bird's coming down. There's no other way to do it than to shoot at an angle. Yep. Uh, and then, like, I had a moment where I realized I could shoot at an angle, and that game became so much easier. I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> like, I didn't know. Oh, that's good that's good yeah. Uh, but yeah yeah so i think that uh for for whatever this race happens i'll probably re- record it and um upload it on youtube just so people to can see if they're interested in seeing it it'll be heavily edited so you don't see it yeah who's the king of games we were talking and um we did we, were, we kind of made this up during a tetris match because we were all playing tetris together uh, including like professor and stuff and yeah. uh uh 
uh, Sir Solace randomly goes, you know what? Let's just make this. Let's make. Let's put something on the line here. And I was like, what? Like make cash? He's like, no, 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 no. We'll have a prize for the king of games. We're doing this for, for everyone has it for a month. Whoever wins the game, um, it, we'll have to send it, like mail it to somebody for the next month because we all live in different <laughs> states, like from yeah. Alaska to Minnesota to uh, like like uh, just you know, it's huge. So. Uh, so he bought the Millennium Puzzle from Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> all right, yo. <laughs> and and he, goes, he goes, all right, this is like a legit Millennium Puzzle that we're going to, we're, go- we're, we're playing for this. So we all played Tetris, it goes down to the wire, and uh, uh, so it's it was tied, we're going to do it first to three. Uh, it was myself, Professor, and Sir Trank. <clears throat> and I think Sir Solace ended up coming out too with two wins. We were all so the final match was everyone two, so it was going down to the wire. And uh Sir Trank ends up winning it. Um so uh, Sir Trank is the first uh, the inaugural king of games. Uh I did this a uh, similar tournament. Did he have the help of an ancient <clears throat> magician though, with that millennial <laughs> puzzle in his possession? No, no, he doesn't he didn't have it yet. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it was the first fight. So it's a so, clean match. There's exactly. No, exactly. There's no, no fuckery uh, going on. Uh, so we did this before um, on my stream when I did a retro stream. I did a, a retro like sports day. And I was like, anyone who wins this is the king of games. And it was all like it was a mix between sports and puzzle games. And we yeah. just I just did a randomizer and did uh, everything, everything out of the hat. And uh, uh, I ended up winning that. And it looked... It looked well because it's my stream. It was game like I play a lot of retro games, so everyone's sure. like, "Oh, you had an advantage." And it was like, eh, "Advantage or not, I'm the king of games," you know. So, yeah. <laughs> so now that that whole That's thing part came of the game. out, so we're you already so, won the king of games. So we'll see. Well, it, it might become a, a a thing on YouTube. We'll see how 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 we do this. It's it's just been kind of a fun thing between friends. But that I'm like, this has been like comedy gold for just us. I'm like, I wonder if other <laughs> yeah. people will be interested in it. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. <clears throat> But nice, um, let's get to the to the show at hand, man. Let's uh, let's. I, I ended yeah. the last episode uh, kind of getting a little heated um, at We're Konami. Controversial. Statements. I don't think I said anything controversial, dude. I think I that was. that the majority <laughs> the majority of gamers uh, agree with my sentiment of you know Konami not not doing everything they can to nurture their franchises and basically ruining their good names. We have you know, and I'll I'll let you. Yeah, I did a bit of a rundown here because I was like, man, I was saying a lot of uh, ill-informed shit at the last you, podcast. You, you pulled shit out of your ass. Uh, hey, so, so you're like, you gave me some homework, so I did a bit of research <laughs> here. I did. Yeah. So, so, so uh, for, <laughs> and if go. anyone didn't listen to the last pod, um, uh, Chip was shitting on the Metal Gear Solid 5's sales and still, also Death Stranding's sales. But, but, well, I'll let you yeah, talk with your I stand by those statements. You can put a bit of a pin on it. Uh, but, all right. So let me break down the history of Konami, which is Japanese for Little Wave. <laughs> all right, we got 1969, uh, Jukebox Repairman, uh, Keiji Miyasa uh, Kawaza founded Konami, bar tops and arcade cabinets. Uh, they don't really have a breakout hit. They have like a lot of small successes, but they're big. 1978 uh, is when they started making stand-up arcade cabinets. Uh, they hit with like Frogger. That was that printed them uh, money. Uh, so this is just a quick abbreviation. 1992, they begin making pachinko machines, uh, which is starts really making the money. 
So they, I, th- I think from that first couple of decades, they went from like an initial investment of 1 million. They turned that into 40 million by yeah. the end of like 12 years. Yeah. Uh, and then Pachinko machines. Now they're, uh, now they're playing with the big leagues. I think they already have like a valuation of a billion by then. <clears throat> During uh, this time, they um, also got into the console space and the licensed game <laughs> space, um, solidifying them as a heavy hitter on, um, in the gaming space uh in the 80s 90s and chips dying from coughing so well i'll talk a little longer uh uh, the ninja turtles games were made by konami the uh, simpsons arcade game was made by konami the x-men a six-player arcade game was a konami product um you they were the kings of beat-em-ups they were they were fighting with Capcom for the Kings of Arcade. Um, yeah, they uh, realized Konami, they can make a lot of money by licensing like the existing IP. Like, like yeah. in the '90s, they like they did Gangbusters in Japan with the Goonies franchise. Like, like the they, Goonies game was really good. Like that makes yeah. sense. They Eddie yeah, good like a million copies of that in Japan, dude. Like they're so the pretty money t- with the Goonies. The good tie-in games were basically all made by Konami. Uh, truly, it's like Konami yeah. and Capcom. Uh, so how could you not? And with that, they also released some of the seminal franchises, Contra, Castlevania. You know, those those two were the heaviest of hitters on the NES and gave birth, uh, Gradius as well, uh, gave yeah. gave birth, Salamander, all of that, but gave birth to the infamous Konami code, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, be a start, and be a select start if you want to play two-player. So you can always yeah. tell who played two-player and who played single-player by how they how they remember the Konami code. Like, I remember it being a start, right? Um, yep. A lot of people who played with, like, their siblings and stuff play, remember, select start. Select so, start. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. I think that's, I think that's hilarious. Uh, little, but yeah, yeah, so I'll let it. you, I'll let you keep going here. All right. It's <clears throat> a bit brief summary of the 90s. So 2010, this is when things get a bit saucy. So 2010, 2012, they start getting into the mobile games market. They get Dragon Collection and Sun Goku Collection. They get 9 million users from these two mobile games and they boost their profits by 80%. So in 2014, this is kind of uh, where things start going. Uh, also, like in 2012, I want to say that's when uh, Kojima got put as vice president of Konami. So it was like they're putting games first again, like the pachinko machines are good, but it's not boosting overall profits by 80% good. Like you're looking at like the mobile market and stuff and they're like, yo, this is a thing. Uh, Kojima, like, start taking over as vice president, start, you know, revving up our, our game productions. 2014, and, though, this okay. is when... Oh, wait, go ahead. Uh, yeah. I was going to mention uh, Kojima's projects at that point. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 was complete. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 started in the baby stages, and uh, Kojima lent his lent his expertise to Castlevania in Castlevania Lords of Shadow, and... Um, I think they had Silent Hill drop at that and, time. S- uh silent silent hills was in the development stages a few years later but go on because <laughs> right. guillermo del toro wasn't uh on board just yet no this that happens uh in like 2015 ish yeah uh, yeah but so you're in 2014 2012. <laughs> uh the, the ba- this is kind of like the infamous point i point to where they they take a turn uh this is where the banker uh telmo hero you see becomes the president of konami digital entertainment uh, so he's like a former banker and they bring him in to clean house and like start becoming more profit driven uh, focus. Uh, 2015, like a year later, this is when like things start to come to light. Uh, all the unethical treatment of employees. Uh, they have like health insurance scandals. 
Uh, they're messing with people's ability to get jobs. They're like, don't mention that you worked at Konami if, on your resume. Uh, they were t- attacking former employees that tried to start up like businesses of their own to like force them to close down with like ceases and desist. Uh, let's see here. Fucking late 2015, uh, they remove PT demo from PlayStation stores. Uh, Odiaka Hayakawa? become CEO. Sorry, I'm butchering all these Japanese names. But a new CEO comes into play, and he wants to focus on mobile games in 2015. Late December, uh, and, like, there's all signs, like, during 2015, there was, like, they're monitoring people's emails. Like, if you like people's posts on Facebook, they were, like, demoting people to become janitors or, like, making them, like, work at their health clubs instead of, like, in their video game division. It was, like, really saucy shit. They were, like, uh, monitoring phone calls. They're tracking who you called they're saying if you could call somebody uh who you could email it became a, a bit dystopian they started removing uh odio kojima's like name uh from metal gear at this point uh so by late december 2015 that's when the game award incident kind of drops uh where odio kojima wasn't allowed to accept any awards uh and he was informed that by a konami attorney so i'm assuming via twitter <laughs> like, like i don't know so, and so uh, it looked like they're shutting down the studio at that point. Uh, Kodima Productions in California, it did get shut down. So they have a falling out contract wise. Uh, and then that's when uh, he goes and splits off and makes his own production. 2016, uh, Kojima receives an industry icon award at the game awards that he was snubbed at the year before. Uh so 2019, this is when we get a Silent Hill slot machine announced. So they stop dabbling in pachinko machines and they're going full on. They're opening up. They opened production facilities in Nevada to just start straight up manufacturing slot machines with the uh, Konami fucking IPs. And they're using uh, Silent Hill 3, Silent Hill 4 um, as the basis for those slot machines. I was in Vegas um, when uh, when the first Silent Hill machine came out, actually. Go on. <laughs> Did you play it? I did. I did. And yeah, I was like, oh, you're part this... of the problem, bro. No, I, I, well, obviously, I was going to check it out uh, because yeah. it's a gaming. They had Castlevania machines, too. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a gamer. So I was playing how was, slots. How was the action? How was the action on those slots? So the Silent Hill one was so... Did take all your money? Did you win? No, I didn't win on either. Um, but the Silent Hill one was so weird because it's a, you know, moody survival horror game. And seeing that on a slot just seemed so it was so weird it, it was so i guess like against vampires type. and death in slot machine it's weird because like everything else in there is like supposed to be like upbeat happy yeah. lots of loud bells and whistles to make you forget yeah. about all your problems yeah go on uh, all right so th- this is when they start just going com- into the dark arts completely so 2021 they dissolve all three of their video game production divisions and they restructured it into one division. Uh, and so they dropped PES 2021 football. And then there's this other Japanese game is called uh, Gitsu Fumaden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that looks actually really good. It looks like uh, they took like a lot of like traditional Japanese like scroll art. And they're like, what if we made that into a game? Kind of like in the, uh, what was the one with the wolf in the ink? You know what I'm Kami. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah was like, we were like, what if, yeah. if we did that, but with a dude instead? <laughs> so it has like a bunch of like traditional, like the yeah, like Raijin, his brother, all these okay. type of like you know seven headed dragons and shit. I watched the trailer for that. It looked 
good, but it also looked like it played like shit. So I don't have high hopes from it. <laughs> like Konami so also like a, dropped Contra um, Rogue Core um, for the we Switch. We don't talk about that. Which it's the only Contra asshole. game with like uh, the gun overheats. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, it felt like it was supposed to be like its own IP, and then they're just like, "What if we slap Contra, Contra on, on it?" Hundred percent, hundred percent. They and don't that's know like businessman uh, making businessman decisions. So they uh, and they've gone back and retooled the Contra franchise before, right? But then, like Shattered Soldier was the two point five D game on the PS two that had like standard side scrolling, you know, action, which is what people want from Contra. Contra four came out on the DS and was was literally great it was uh i believe way forward actually worked on it konami published it so what they what they're doing now or what they're starting to do now is they are letting third-party developers make the games for them while they hold the ip but it's yeah. but they are very like brain dead in determining who gets these ips like it's uh bitter type of thing i bet i bet they just put out like the terms and they're like whoever wants to bid on this it, it's it's ridiculous and it's it, it's uh kind of as i as i was kind of alluding to before it's ruining like the goodwill you have for these franchises that have been around for you know 30 years like with contra contra rogue corp um i'm a big contra fan and like like that faith is gone like the next contra game that comes out if one comes out i'm gonna look at but I'm, I'm honestly just gonna assume it's gonna be ass I feel like uh, you're the only one playing Contra, dude. Like in uh, <laughs> like in 2021, bro. Like nobody, like this franchise has been dead for a minute, bro. Like people remember Contra fondly, bro. I feel like that's really what we're doing here. This is just a eulogy for <laughs> Konami games. Uh, Castle- Castlevania has been doing gangbusters on Netflix with a TV show. Uh, the yeah, the Castlevania- anime. Yeah, yeah. Castlevania Lord of Shadow was was received very well. Lord of Shadow 2 was not received as well. Um, story beats and uh, DLC issues, also like gameplay technical issues, um, were the big downfall for that game. Uh, but it was it was it was shown that uh, you could take Castlevania and that was a Kojima, you know, joint effort as well that, that yep. showed you could take Castlevania and bring it into the 21st century and still survive. And even though Lords of Shadow two wasn't as good, I, I it, it wasn't a, a point of no return for the series. And you could see that people still are interested in Castlevania because the, of how well the Netflix series is doing. Um, uh, yeah, and I feel like those are the big ones people really want, or like Silent Hill and Castle Silent Hill and Castle, Silent Hill, Metal Gear a, is. I is mean, it. after they dropped Metal Gear Survive, I don't think anyone was like, "Hey, try try another crack at it." I think but they're like, Ooh. "Metal Gear Survive was made without Kojima." So Metal Gear Solid, yeah, but is, they're not getting back Kojima though, bro. Like, right, right. Well, so like me, people want another Metal Gear, but they want another Kojima Metal Gear. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me <laughs> let me let me go over this. So I didn't mention Metal Gear during the NES uh, '80s era for a reason because when you mentioned Metal Gear, it it did well in the. Uh, you know, 16 bit era, 8 bit, 16 bit. The whole game but was it, basically an accident because, like, they could only uh, put like two sprites on, like character sprites at a time. So they it, were like, what if we focus more on puzzles and stealth instead of shooting? Because originally it was just going to be like a running gun, but because mm-hmm. of the limitations, they're just like, I guess we'll just add stealth puzzles into this. Uh, and they basically invented like stealth genre. Like, I'm not going to say <laughs> that's it, but like, 
that's definitely like one of the earlier like examples of like a, a stealth gameplay <laughs> then genre. They a, then they made a, yeah. a run and gun action game um, on the US only release, Snake's Revenge. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, no that one, was the no original vision, bro. Like, uh, <laughs> no one counts. Run and gun. So, Metal Gear, Metal Gear, or Metal Gear, and Metal Gear Two, the MSX versions are the ones to play. Uh, us in the West know the NES version of Metal Gear. We know of, of Snake's Revenge, which now everyone knows is was made by a different company in the U.S. and is trash. I think everyone knew yeah. it was trash at first, but um, so now everyone knows Metal Gear, Metal Gear Two, um, MSX uh, was yeah, the computer system. It was, was the PlayStation was, was like the fucking blowout. Yep, Metal yep. Gear let me hit. get to that. So PlayStation okay. era comes out. I didn't know you were circling all around on yeah, that. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid comes out. Metal Gear Solid is. It's hard to convey how freaking big that game was. Uh, yeah. New new genre it's, uh, of, of stealth action. And it's one of those things where, yes, it happened on 16-bit era, but you you didn't really fully grasp the gameplay until you got to the 32-bit era of, of the PlayStation with the stealth combat. The story, the way it was presented, it was like watching and playing a movie at times uh yeah. metal metal gear solid 2 came out and had the bait and switch with having you having the demo be snake having the uh tanker level being snake and then uh and then jumping out and then having you play as raiden for the rest of the game um naked cartwheels and all so Absolutely. so after the bait and switch uh metal gear solid 3 came uh, where you played as Big Boss, finally, right? Uh, did yep. Gangbusters and considered the best of the series. Uh, you know, and, and at this time, Kojima was, his stock was rising within Konami, right? He yep. um, he branched off, did Zone of the Enders 1 and 2, did, did Gangbusters as well. He's getting his he's getting his paws everywhere deep into Konami. This is where they're making him VP, letting him make his own studio yep. in uh, California. Yep. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, is the definitive title for the PlayStation 3. Uh, it still hasn't been ported to any other console. Metal Gear Solid 4 um, was the swan song for uh, Solid Snake's story. And let me tell you, that game, uh, the there's a point in the game where you're where you're crawling through this like nuclear facility with radiation just happening and you're you're basically dying and Ko- kojima has he, for all of his quirks and the fan service and some of the weird things that these games have in it that people will harp on uh he is is so well versed in getting player immersion in uh, uh this crawling section is to the point where you had to like like tap a button right something as simple as that to to stay alive and keep moving but it was done in a way to where you're tapping it so much as as snake is getting tired in the game and like succumbing to what's happening. You are getting tired in life because <laughs> you're tapping this button tapping. for so long. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to it's hard to convey it. And then it had such a cool like a yeah Metal Gear Ray Metal Gear Rex battle. It was it was such a culmination of of uh, Snake. And you haven't been you know solid Snake since since that beginning of the tanker level in two so it was a return to form it was a return to the characters you know uh liquid was was like you know story-wise it was it hit all of the beats and and uh then people then metal gear solid 5 was announced as the swan song for big boss's story so yep. uh you know people people were were noticeably amped uh you know and Metal Gear Solid Five had a very long development cycle. It, it really did, and it was split. 
so you had ground uh you had uh ground zeros which was the first part of the game come out uh you completed in what two hours i want to say maybe four i think was the was the mean it was released as a budget title at the tail end of the 360 uh ps3 era and then uh ground zeros or not uh, phantom pain came out after um taking your save from yeah. from it and becoming you know what we know as metal gear solid 5 the complete edition so yeah. You know, they sold three million in the first three days of Phantom Pain. It went on yeah. to sell six million. The game, people, you're saying it's a huge success. I'm saying like they spent eighty million dollars to make that game, dude. Like that budget fucking exploded. So, uh, so take six, take six million and times that by sixty bucks each, dude. That game did fucking. Yeah, no, no, but that's it, over the life, though, dude. Like, jumped, so, like you could cut that in half. Bro. So like, it, it it recouped its cost in three days. Yeah, which is great, but. It's not and more than like, recouped its cost. Like for like, you gotta also factor in like what they're spending on, uh, you know, marketing. And that's like usually half of the budget uh, for a big. So so it's been said eighty eight million, right? Three days later, you 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 sell three million units. You already made your your money back in three right. days. It over life six million. So the game was a huge hit when it came out. So it, it pushed. It so pushed. You doubled. It pushed their stock up. The it line. pushed their stock up to fifteen percent there, which which in the stock market world is fucking huge. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Just their, they were their digital division at that point, uh, and, and selling selling six million copies of a game is ridiculous. <laughs> like that's that is a bona fide hit, dude. Like yeah, I, I don't know how you're hit, discounting but it's it. It's not like it's not keeping the company alive. Like they're still experiencing year over year growth at Konami, bro. Even with when they've shut down all their studios, when they're consolidating shit, when they're firing people, when they're using draconian, uh, like, well, this is at a time where, where Konami was, was failing at, at all of their games though. Like, uh, Lord's Shadow 2 came out, was not good. Uh, so any Silent Hill they made were, were not good at that point. They were, they were farming this out to Western developers who have no fucking idea what Silent Hill should be. They, and, and so, the last Silent Hill game was buggy as fuck, and the story sucked balls, and no one could could just sift through the bullshit to get through anything that was there. They they had goodwill of fans with the PT demo going, oh yeah. shit, Kojima, Guillermo del Toro. It, Silent Hill movie was panned as hell, but I, I agree that it, it it brought it into the wider wider spectrum of of audiences. Like so they so they knew what it was. Um, I will say the first one over the second one for sure. Um, but you know, Silent Hill was was being dragged through the mud at this point, and and you had right. a you had a a lifeline with Silent Hills with P, the PT demo, and then Konami. And here's here's why Konami's right, video game division was fledgling. Here, let me let me just. Put it, put it. I'm going to say this. I think they put out that PT demo. It didn't get enough downloads. They looked at the history of like how Silent Hill sold, and they just were like. Yeah, we're not doing this. We're not going to drop another eighty million and take a gamble on this. And here's where you're wrong. That demo uh, was the top was the top download demo for weeks. When it, and then when it got pulled, um, Playstations with that with that installed on it would go on eBay for thousands of dollars. They still like, do. Like like what exactly exactly? There there's been a full fledged fan remake on the Unreal Engine of the PT demo because it because people were clamoring for it so much. Uh, th- that. 
the that demo is is cited as as an example of modern horror done right, and that was a demo. Can you imagine an, an entire game done that way? Norman Reedus, uh, the who was who's obviously starred in Death Stranding later, um, was going to be the star in Silent Hills. Guillermo del Toro ha- keeps trying to bust into the video game industry, and in what's the, up with that? It's it's because he likes games. His kids like games. He makes stuff for his kids, right? Uh, uh, Pan's Labyrinth was basically a story he tells his kids. You know, like he's a great movie director. Like I don't, yeah. Steven Spielberg translates over to video games. I I think it does. I think Steven Spielberg loves video games and cartoons, and like he and he made uh, what's that? Boom Blocks, I believe, is what it was called. Uh, And he's done other things. DreamWorks Interactive was used to be like overseen by him. You know, so yeah. so like he definitely because had a whole game division. Like, exactly, exactly. So I mean, you know, don't don't discount these Hollywood directors. Dabble in, in games. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So um, it derailed me a little bit here, but uh, Monkey Island, bro. Exactly, exactly. Yep, yep. Like adventure games. So so Konami had a had a a habit of having these games be like eighty percent d- done and then canceling yeah. it. Um, so, so you're telling me that that the 88 million and the, the that they spent on Metal Gear Metal Gear Five with the six million that they made over over its lifetime wasn't the worth copy. it? They, they, no, they're they're spending they're spending an as ton of money across across every division, um, ba- canceling games at 80. percent How many millions did they blow in all these games that they canceled at 80? percent Right, and. Um, and also, right. their like, their, the their seminal that's franchise the is not Metal Gear. Actually, it's PES. It's Pro Evolution Soccer, and that game has been on a downturn since two thousand three. And then finally, um, in the PS three Xbox three hundred and sixty era, FIFA overtook PES for the first time in its history, and 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 PES hasn't been able to recoup. Um, right. PES still sells this, well, but it's not the number one thing, and it's still dropping. Because go on, yeah, I'm saying this that. Konami is not just Metal Gear. Like it's a big no. company. Like this is you're thinking about things from like single hits, but you're also sprinkling in all the failures. And you're like, how many millions are they losing? That's how the publisher game where they have to throw out like title after title and hope something hits to recoup all the costs. So I'm saying six million. They doubled up their money if they're lucky uh, after like taxes, expenses, marketing, uh, paying everybody. They doubled up their money, but how many like? They've lost so much more on like Silent Hill, other like the Contra fucking it. game. Yeah, well, the Contra because they canceled recently. <laughs> yeah, well, it's more recently. But about. like, I'm you. You have to look at the lifespan, right? It's not like they're like making these things in a bottle and they only have to be successful one year. They have to be successful year after year after year, and you do that by like building a war chest of money. So like, if they can make money by licensing out their things to other things, like and like you said, like maybe they're shooting themselves in the foot. Or maybe they're just getting ahead of like uh, destroying the goodwill and publicity they built up with their franchises. It's like if you get something like you're not sure if it's good until like, you know, halfway in development when everything like starts falling in and like people are playing it and they're like, yeah, this isn't it, man. Like, what do you do? Are you like, well, fuck it. We've already spent a couple million. Like, no, you're like, all right, kill it. And we're moving on to the next thing. We're trying to, you know, you know why it's here. letting to get it's getting as far is because you don't have you don't have someone who knows what games are in charge, and you get rid of the guy who knows what games are, uh, who was a vice president. You get rid of that guy. Does so, he know what games are, bro? Have you played Death Stranding? Yeah, 
Yeah, like it's I like I've a said walking before, simulator, bro. Like it's, it's you're you're going with the narrative. I doubt you played it. You're going with the narrative I saying it's a walking simulator. It. It's it so is, so you didn't play I've, it. You know I've, what I mean? I've you heard any from opinion that you've heard from the, like the zeitgeist of forums coming I've up. You didn't play friend. it at all. My friend no, who no, played you it. didn't. <laughs> okay, okay. My so friend Billy. Okay, sure, sure. So, so you didn't he play it. So, school. yeah, yeah, you didn't play it. So, how how can you have an opinion on it? Uh, Death Stranding. That's not fair, bro. Like, come on, you can. That's one hundred percent fair. That's one hundred percent fair. So you can only have opinions on things you've played or watched. Like that's ridiculous. when we're when we're talking about the the merits of of the game coming out. All right, I'm saying like from a popular video game perspective, like it just is its own thing. I'm saying it's like it's trying to be like a narrative driven story. Uh, which it is. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, there's not a lot of fun shit to do in it, which is, you know, that's also fair, but come on, man. Well, as that's I not said, the games with, I'm interested in. True. And that's fair. And that's fair. But with, with Kojima and I said his, his level of immersion at the heart of death stranding, you're a delivery man. You know, what's not fun being a delivery man. <laughs> like, like, you know, what's fun. Crazy taxi, dude. All right, and you're basically a delivery man in that game. The fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's a way to make that fun and right. enjoyable for a right. massive right. deal of people, bro. There are crazy taxi arcade systems out there to this day. How many fucking Death Stranding arcade cabinets are there, bro? It's not an arcade game. It doesn't have That's to be a Death saying, Stranding bro. arcade game. That's, I'm saying Konami saying makes. Nothing. I'm you're saying, saying Konami nothing. makes arcade games, bro. Like. <laughs> Like this is the, they haven't this made is arcade they games. <laughs> they haven't made arcade games in years, dude. They, yeah, they, but all they the made... people who made them are still there, bro. Like that's the problem. <laughs> like they're still in the arcade mindset. I'm telling you, dude. They're looking for like what fucking blows my mind. You're... <laughs> what the fuck are you talking you... about? <laughs> I'm saying Konami, the company's like mindset is still stuck in like the arcade franchise. What made them big? What got them to the dance? They still look at things as like can we put this in front of people in a bar and have them give us quarters? And I agree with you that we've moved on. The the entire platform has transcended that into like telling good stories and like good engaging characters. And definitely Kojima knows how to do that. I'm saying uh, Konami's whole mindset was like, is still based in like the eighties, like for better or worse. And like, obviously they're making money. So good on them. But like, it's dead as a gaming company, uh, and they're they're just not going to make those things anymore. So what is well, so <laughs> here's the thing, and it so they they're losing they're losing money in the gaming division because they weren't putting out hits. They weren't putting out hits because the games that that they were developing that were a part of established franchises they're releasing terrible game after terrible game. Silent Hill hasn't been arguably at its point. When the original, where the where Team Silent stopped making Silent Hill games, they 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 have a tendency to form these teams to work on solely this game, and those teams know know what they're doing with this series, right? You 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 get rid of these teams and you give it to to new to new companies who are taking a stab at it. I would much rather them have a new IP and Konami publish that than sully an IP they already have. Um, I mean, and that's, that's that game I was talking about that uh, Gatsu de Fama or whatever. Okay. But <laughs> that's like so, their new like Japanese wall scroll game. But like, again, it looks okay. It doesn't look great, bro. And like, yeah, now if this I don't game, know if that's the best they can do. <laughs> yeah. So, so they they weren't releasing new IPs. The, and, 
and the money hungry uh, banker who was in charge saw that the gaming division was was lagging behind. And you know why? Because they weren't making anything good outside of one one game out of the year. And they're good games that were that people would buy year after year without fail, like the PES Soccer Series was dying <laughs> um yeah. so so from his point of view and he was looking at the bottom line he's like why would i focus on gaming when the pachinko machines are doing better when the mobile games are doing better let's just focus on that the health what clubs he, what he doesn't realize is that they have 30 years of built-in goodwill with the entire world because of of the series that you guys have under your umbrella um the fact that he was not smart enough and to leverage this and go, hey, what's going on? Let's write the ship is yeah. is insane to me that that you wouldn't you wouldn't realize this. Um, I felt the same way about Nintendo when they had the debacle with the. Uh, the Wii 2, <laughs> like where it was like the iPad stuff, like they lost a ton of money and like everybody at that point was saying that. Nintendo's done. They're going to lose money. They don't know where they're going uh, with their direction. Uh, their stock prices were going down to like 10, 15 bucks a share. And I was like, fuck, I wish I had money to invest in Nintendo because they have so many IPs. They have so much technology over there. Like, yeah, this thing was a fucking flop, but like they just have to like leverage any of their IPs and like they're going to be printing money. And like, you know, a couple of years later, they hit like Pokemon Go. They hit the fucking Nintendo Switch. They start re-releasing like all their games, giving them new life to a lot of like the fan favorite franchises. And everyone showed up. They're like, yeah, fuck this is what we're waiting for. We didn't want to half step. Uh, we didn't want to take risks. We didn't want to give little kids a fucking iPad that they can break where it's like $200 and you have to buy that to replace uh, to even play the system. Uh, but they did when the Switch came out. They're like, well, I guess this is fine now because, you know, you, you can just dock it and they'll grow up and then they'll be able to take it out and play with it. You could uh, dock the Wii U as well. Yeah. But, but nobody, uh, you know, the, it was like a tablets a and stuff are steps. bigger now or, or yeah, smaller. Yeah. yeah. So but, or, or, yeah. But yeah, people like that company has a vision to be an entertainment division. Like, and they were willing to like, you know, leverage their existing fan base and IPs and like regrow the company to like all new heights. Uh, and like in Konami, they, they're doing the exact opposite of that. They're like, well, we have all these IPs and stuff, but like, let's just start closing the doors to these divisions. Let's stop trying to innovate. Let's just like leverage our existing IP. We're, we're basically becoming a licensing company because it's like less risky and uh, more profits, ideally. Uh, and like, I don't know, we've talked about this before when we were like, hey, how about like we start collecting some of these old video game IPs? It's usually held by like these holding companies that don't give a fuck about like selling them. They're like, ah, I'm going to hold on to this. It's worth a bajillion dollars. And it's like, yeah, but you're, it's not because you're not doing anything with it. Like it, you're slowly killing off like a lot of like these iconic characters and ideas uh, because like you don't want to license it. And we have like a draconian lawsuit that doesn't allow people to make fan made games of like existing characters and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. I guess <laughs> that's my conclusion. Like, I don't, I, I think uh, Kojima's doing great things. I, I haven't played Death Stranding. I'm not interested in it uh, personally. It's not my type of game. I can say that about like Dark Souls as well, where I'm like, oh, this doesn't, this doesn't seem for me. Uh, and it's weird because. But I can you like, see why it's popular? Yeah, I, I understand. Like, okay. it, it definitely looks like great. Like, I've watched like some of the cutscenes and stuff, and I'm like, this seems fucking cool. Like, it seems like the weird anime shit I've always been into. Uh, mm. And I'm all about that. 
but I don't want to play through 40 hours to get. And I heard like most of that game is like just story, like cutscenes and stuff. Like, so I don't no, know. No, there's, no, <laughs> it, it, no, not at all. Uh, it, it's, the story is the world basically it's all like flavor text it's flavor it's flavor text and stuff that really conveys it um so yeah it's it's not cutscenes like the cutscenes you see are probably just like some of the intro stuff compilation yeah 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 but anyway yeah yeah. i don't know it's i understand why people will enjoy like that type of atmospheric uh narrative driven gameplay uh and like for me like uh, i'm more in the konami mindset of like Dark Souls yeah. isn't narrative driven though. It's uh no. it's it's the combat. It's it's hard as fuck. It's it's, it's it's a it's uh methodical combat methodically placed combat and figuring out bosses. Like it's Dark Souls is the game where everyone's like, Yeah, it fucking sucks. You should play it. And I'm like, ah, it sounds like it fucking sucks. And they're like, No, bro, you'll like it. Trust me, you'll hate it for the first few hours. But then you're gonna love it. I'm like, it sounds like you guys are all stuck in an abusive relationship. <laughs> like, like you just you'll learn to love all the how difficult it is. And I'm like, no, I get it. Like, there's something to like you know overcoming challenges and stuff. And there's like a good field to like those endorphins and stuff. But like, I'm already pursuing those difficulties and like my like own creating life. a game. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> in creative aspects, like trying yeah. to create art and stuff. Like, it's already challenging enough for me. Like, I still have to like finish my one game when I'm at the tail end. And I was talking yeah. with like hard on the table about this just the other day where I'm like, I'm not sure if like, I'm just afraid to just finish it at this point because it's so close to being done. Or if I'm just lazy, <laughs> like, you know? So I think like, uh, and I don't know, I don't need dark souls to like, you know, beat that shit into me. Like I already have enough of my own <laughs> fucking demons, like uh, crawling around, but yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I have like the, nothing but love for a lot of like these old franchises that Konami have. I have nothing but love for like a uh, Kojima. It's unfortunate that Konami's, you know, being a fucking shitty company, but like, you know, that's, I'm just going to state cultural differences. I think that's just the, uh, the way things are done over in Japan where you're expected to be a salary man in a company for life there. And like, if you start having uppity ideas of like, you know, getting more money at another company or, you know, branching off and doing your own thing, then, ah, you're, you're a traitor. You've, you've dishonored uh, the company. And it's like, you know, fuck your company. You guys aren't doing shit. Like you're not listening to any creative ideas that are in there. Anybody like you're limiting who people can talk to. You're like, you're stagnating the divisions and creativity. And then like, you're wondering why like good product isn't coming out. You're like, I don't know why this game doesn't suck. It's like, because nobody can talk to anybody else in your company because you're fucking crazy. (laughs) <laughs> like i don't you've seen this more and more now too with uh work from home where companies are starting to monitor people they want people to like install cameras in their own houses like they're like judging like how good you're doing your job by keystrokes like per minute and shit like they're monitoring like emails and like who you're in contact with and it's like a lot of work uh that isn't done physically is done mentally so if like you could already be working from home like a lot of people are working like and thinking about like how to complete tasks like looking at like metrics doesn't help with like, is the work getting done? You know? Yes. Yes. So uh, the problem is they're in a creative industry that re- that you can monetize. Um, yeah. The, the leadership over there um, consolidating into one division is ridiculous. They should have probably separated it. Um, mobile and gambling should be separated. Um and you're right. Diversify, diver, diversifying your business is 
is if you can if you can do different avenues, it's a good thing because if if one if one you know one starts falling starts doing bad, you can carry it with the other one. So I don't think diverse like diversifying is bad with Konami. I don't even think them taking their their IPs and using pachinko machines was started off as a bad thing. Where it gets trouble is when you don't nurture these IPs. They never they never looked and saw why their gaming division was doing bad outside of Kojima releases. It's not because Kojima is the only person who knows how to make a game. It's because that the, what you said of they weren't fostering creativity. They were yeah. they were looking at numbers. They were nickel and diming everything, and they weren't letting anyone be creative outside of Kojima. And that's why he became such a force in that company because. Yeah, his he ideas were the voice. He, his his ideas were allowed to to be nurtured. Yeah, no one he else got promoted was. to vice president. He helped build up the whole company. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, and one of the things that that gets um, washed over and just kind of it was a power grab the whole time is, is when the big when the big names were leaving Konami. Kojima was probably the biggest name who left. But David Cox also left. David Cox was instrumental in bringing Castlevania back and, and fucking creating the franchise. Um, so he was instrumental in Lords of Shadow for for what it what it was. So you, you lose these two creative minds that take some of your biggest franchises and are bringing them in the 21st century, and you lose these guys for what? For so they're going to go to other companies. They're going to do gangbusters there, and then your gaming division. You're gonna you're you're gonna have to look outside to see if anyone can save you. And yeah. it's my it's so we're we're close to wrap up. I think we might be a little over time, but um, I think this has to be said. Um, <clears throat> Konami really shot themselves in the foot by proving to be not not a conducive place for creative thinking. And when you're yeah. in the game industry and your entire livelihood is based on creative thinking, and no one wants to work for you, that spells some doom for your company. Uh, it seems like they're slowly trying to release games. They've they've started to get more goodwill with re-releasing some old games. And I didn't want to say this at the beginning because it's such a fucking downer. Yeah, but like I kind of looked. I looked at Konami's game page, and uh, I did like some quick math. So on the video game page, they have like forty three titles mm-hmm. like in there, and then for the fucking pachinko machines, they have like four hundred and ninety three entries in there bro like yeah. it's, it's fucking drastic uh yeah. but like uh i don't know let's take a moment to remember our front konami they got Yu-Gi-Oh, castlevania contra frogger right uh, the bomberman release that uh, they bought up hudson uh yep. in one two fucking metal gear solid franchise silent hill franchise they did blades of steel birds of steel dance dance revolution beat mania silent scope teenage mutant ninja turtles one and two in the fucking arcades x-men arcade four player fucking machine uh lethal enforcers dude like i don't know they had like they have ips they have a library of games they've done great with licensing shit like i'm surprised they i mean like the most recent ones Yu-Gi-Oh. like everyone has played at least a fucking Yu-Gi-Oh game somewhere somehow (laughs) like yep hell uh, we just mentioned that i have the millennium puzzle (laughs) like konami took fucking 10 cents of that dude it's right in their pocket in their cold hard dead pockets Yep. But so I don't know what's what's one of your favorite uh, Konami games. We're taking a moment to let's remember the good times with our friend who, <laughs> who like decided to like go on a fucking all out, uh, you know, blaze of glory. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Tournament Fighters. 
Um, it was a fighting game that was different on the Genesis and the Super Nintendo, but it was a crazily solid fighter that it had no right to be. And uh, also, you know, let's do Turtles in Time, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4. Um, some of the best memories ever playing it. And, uh, you know, Castlevania, uh, the, the original, it was one of the first games I ever, I ever owned in my life. Um, I remember being scared of like level two you know like it's, yeah. <laughs> like it's great sound design in that game exactly exactly uh, I remember for finally me it was beating uh, that too. blades of steel for the nes okay. i played the fuck out of that like it was like a hockey game and you yep. could fight people they had also great music in that yep. uh, and then fucking i played the fuck out of contra on the nes as well and then uh for playstation one it was a uh, Sakoden 2 where like it's yep. all the 30 heroes or whatever and you build up a castle and you fight armies i yep. love that game that's uh i don't know like i play that shit on the playstation like i guess it's like built up more and more of a cult following uh for me i kind of feel like it's almost like a dragon force on the sega saturn where it's like if you were able to play like you're trying to tell people and i feel like it becomes bigger and bigger the more yeah. retellings it, it gets yeah. uh but like it, it, it like had the added benefit of like you, you can find the game so like the best you could do is like maybe eBay it for like a couple hundred bucks, but now they've finally yeah. re-released it digitally. So I think more people are getting introduced yeah. to it. Like, and like, I don't know, Konami's doing anniversary packs. It doesn't seem like they're doing much to uh, upsell or do like any of the treatments that a lot of these properties deserve. Uh, yeah. But I, they release uh, an anniversary pack for the switch and like none of the bigger games are on them. You have to buy them separately. Like uh, so yeah um also definitely you know, profit driven <laughs> the metal gear series as well obviously you have to mention yeah um <clears throat> yeah uh so like i said this diversifying isn't bad the way they're doing it of because the the reason why globally we know who konami is is because of the games division why yeah. you wouldn't foster that makes zero sense to me it's not like yeah. they're broke they're just they they're have choosing the to go it. in a, a different direction and that's fine and you know, I'm just I'm just letting people know they're dead. Your friend's dead. Okay, they're not. <laughs> this is like the the final stage. I think we had the uh, anger with yeah. uh, Kojima leaving. We've had the the grief with the uh, horrible Metal Gear survive. Uh, yeah. What's the next stages of uh, acceptance? <laughs> uh, I I don't think. I think for the end of this pod, we can get to the denial, acceptance point. Denial but I can when say they start that, announcing things. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can say I'm not in the acceptance stage because they, they have too many great IPs to, to let die. I'm I'm in the acceptance stage, man. I'm letting you know. Like, and for me, that's for me the last bastion of hope with them. Because obviously, if they make another Metal Gear without Kojima, it's not Metal Gear. You know, Kojima... Kojima and Metal Gear are one to one. You can't you can't make it without him. I, I, I feel it would be fine. Like I wouldn't mind like seeing if they again like if they were fostering creative ideas and people and they brought in like a director uh, to like tackle a, a Metal Gear series like maybe a prequel or like whatever and just yeah. have like its own little one off universe. I wouldn't even mind seeing a live action adaptation of metal gear with like actors and well do like a, a blockbuster you could you be know. uh i believe oscar TV Isaac show is cast <laughs> like, him as you know, like, yeah so i don't know like if if they start giving the ideas and bringing in idea people and like really like again like so many fucking things have to happen gippy for this to happen you're like well maybe if they got their heads out of their ass and they you know, they brought in some creative people from the outside and they allowed their divisions to talk to each other. And maybe when they consolidated these three gaming divisions into one, they, they really 
They really figured it out <laughs> at that point. Yeah. They, <laughs> they really, so, really pulled it together. I know they were <laughs> fucking boozing and pills and they had that accident and they really haven't been the same since, but you know, they've been on life support, but maybe now they, they'll, <laughs> they'll get that third act recovery in bro. They'll be bigger <laughs> than ever. They'll get so, back all that, that field and uh, really knock it out of the park. So to wrap up, um, that's, that's how we feel about Konami. That's kind of what, what led them to yeah. this. I, I still have uh, a lot of love for the games and the people who worked on them. You know, it's unfortunate that, uh, they really got a raw treatment. I know, like, again, like we said, like, Japan fosters that company man mentality. And it felt like there's a lot of good people were just, like, staying in there, putting in the good fight day after day. And then, like, uh, I think they had faith that the company was still trying to do bigger and better things. But it, it seems like they were, all, like, end-stage capitalists thinking of, like, profits instead of... Because uh, yeah. there was, like, people who worked on... Uh, that metal gear survive and it was before kojima left and they were like they knew the game sucked but they're always like you know kojima sounds gonna save this because he's gonna come in at the end and he won't let this ship like this he'll he'll they'll bring in the a team and they're gonna really fucking bring it together and they're like no man no <laughs> but there's people man boots on the ground like uh and you know it's, it is what it is I, I would say like you know lawyer up if you're over there and don't be a <laughs> be afraid to get bullied by this company. If you want to go and start your own thing with like some of your uh, coworkers and friends. So, so um, let's uh, wrap it up here. Cause we're over time. <laughs> uh, we talked about our favorite games. So sound off in the comments. Um, I think that, I think that if Konami does pull a hit out of their ass randomly, um, it'll be surprising. Abandoned, um, was a PS5 game that's coming that was rumored to have Kojima connections and silent, and it was rumored to be the new Silent Hills uh, that came out with just more fan outrage because they just showed a four second clip of someone of feet walking, of legs walking. <laughs> um, so I, I I don't think that game is is what people are projecting it to be. I think it's going to be just some weird indie thing that that will be forgotten. Um, so sound off in the comments, guys, if you're on the YouTube version, what, what's your favorite Konami IP? Do other what's your favorite versions game? have comments? I don't believe so. Uh, but no, and if you're weird. on the pot, if you're, if you're listening to us on audio, thank you for that. Um, definitely appreciate it. I hope, I hope this yeah, was informative more and audio for you. And, and I will say, um, just, Take take a moment. Remember the the good good Konami games that you played. Um, yeah, nobody's taking those away. Yet. The memories are are always there, but unfortunately, it looks like I feel like if you've gone into an arcade gone. at any point, you've definitely touched a Konami, and Konami's touched you. <laughs> and with that <laughs> disturbing <laughs> moment, uh, I am Mister Gimpy, Chipmunk. Like, share, subscribe, follow us. We're out, guys. Yeah, Take care. Peace.